no need to fear jacobs and the shorts yes i said it right jacobs and the shorts are here declan is back from clearwater jacobs he's still in thomasville it was it was the north south podcast just a little bit different it was more more so the south south podcast last week with no to shorts it was the south and further south podcast last week we are back to our normal north south edition with my man declan as always this is Jacobs. What is going on, guys? Anybody other than DeShorts can tell you all about the Final Four. Definitely was too busy watching. Yeah? I How was WrestleMania, buddy? WrestleMania was phenomenal. Yeah, I, not near. Not, I don't want to hear it. Not nearly as phenomenal. Dude, Anybody who calls themselves a, Austin was wrestling. You call yourself a sports fan and you watch WrestleMania over okay. the final four. Here's the thing. I should be watching WrestleMania right now because Pat McAfee's fighting tonight. That's a sports thing going on. We will be talking about that next podcast. And trust me, we, I will be tweeting about that. We'll put in the time so you can skip over the uh, WWE talk for the. No, I'm only messing. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We are excited, as always, to be with you here on the North South podcast. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but a special surprise possibly coming to you next week. We're not gonna we're not gonna go into too many details, but be on the lookout for I, a possible humongous edition, special surprise of the North South Podcast. I'm sure we'll tweet about it before we record and when we get an official confirmation that it's happening. Things are looking good. We're yeah. going to say that now. Yes. That we we didn't think the podcast would move this fast and it's really because of all of you guys' support and we we thank you guys a lot. We can't do this without you guys. This is obviously something small in the grand scheme of things like we you know, we've said a few times but um this is almost as big as Joel Embiid's season this year. You just saw 30- yeah, 30, I, I totally just got that update. 31 points through three after 29 through three yesterday. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Jokic answers today with, I think, 38 against the Lakers. And I know it's the Lakers, but Jokic had himself a day on national television. And Embiid, you know, he saw some of that. And he's like, all right, hold my beer. Uh, this MVP race is coming down to the wire. And it's just this, the NBA is so, so good. It's just quality, unless you're a Lakers fan. Honestly, you could say Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, and you can close your eyes and pick any one of them in MVP. 
And honestly, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't either. I do, I think, as a Sixers fan, lean towards Embiid, obviously. But, like you said, any of them are more than... In any season, like a normal season, any three of those stat lines for any three of those guys, they're the MVP. You know what I mean? Sure. But they're just all incredible this season. But it's going to lead for a really interesting last week of the season. It's really going to come down to who performs best over the last, you know, three, four games. So I'm really pumped to see. And quick question. Yeah. What's up? What was last week? I, I saw the pod and you know, it was good. He did a great job solo. Uh, I you, apologize. Uh, I, I, I actually planned on recording uh, around 10 o'clock at night on the balcony when it was all quiet. Uh, it wasn't quiet. It's Clearwater, Florida. It's not going to be quiet, yeah. dude. You guys, <laughs> you guys would have heard everything. What were your top three, NBA players. Okay. Um, my top three. I had LeBron at four. I'll give you that. You know, because I've had LeBron at one for a long time. We've talked about that. I think he's five right now. I have Jokic at five. Okay. So my top five. Jokic, LeBron, Giannis at three, Joel Embiid at two, and Kevin Durant at one. Um, so I would put LeBron at five, Jokic at four. You can put Embiid or Giannis at three or two and Kevin Durant's number one right yes yeah he's he's the greatest player in the NBA right now he's yeah. he's the best player in the world I he's don't like him on the court but now. yeah I don't like him but very happy to see them in the play-in tournament happy he's not going to be a top six seed because you know you know how we all feel about the Brooklyn Nets so we digress <laughs> let's just go ahead and hop right into something we've talked a lot about Recently, more so, obviously, than, you know, since we've started the podcast. But it's the biggest event right now going on, quite possibly, a, you know, top five event of all, of all sports year during the year. March Madness. What's that? And yeah, What's that? I don't know. I just watched WrestleMania. This tournament, while heartbreaking for me, has also been just outstanding. I, and I always tell my dad last night as we're watching, you know, the, the Final Four together. If you look at the bracket, take away the numbers, if you told me in any given year the Final Four will be – and it don't, they don't have to all play each other. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be Duke-UNC, which was incredible. We'll get to that. But to tell me the four teams in the Final Four are Duke, Villanova, Kansas, and UNC. Not crazy at all. No, it's it's incredible. And, and then you – in this season, yeah. for Villanova to lose Justin Moore – of course, it was the end of the game. They had already won that game against Houston. But they really don't have that big man inside. The other three teams do. Duke, at one point, was like, they're good, but how good really are they? Because they were very inconsistent. Paolo Bancaro, at one point, had the the DUI with Coach K's grandson. You know, that whole nonsense at the beginning of the season. It was like, well, is Paolo going to be able to play? Like, what's going to happen? They made it. Kansas doesn't have a superstar. Okai Abaji or O'Shea Abaji, I forget, but it's Abaji. Big Ten player, a Big Twelve, excuse me, Player of the Year, phenomenal year, but they don't have like a superstar. And then Carolina, I mean, ah, Caleb Love, he's incredible. Like his game, he's he's so streaky, but he's going to translate well to the NBA because he can score the basketball with anybody, and he's not afraid to take any shot. But 
if you would have told me, I, I want to say it was December before Christmas, they got absolutely obliterated in Las Vegas by Kentucky. They were supposed to play UCLA, and UCLA had to back out with COVID stuff. So Kentucky came in, and I think they beat them by 30. It was just one of those, like, smack Carolina. Carolina got smoked at home against Duke in their first matchup. They lost at home to Pitt. We watched that game. They were down by, like, 20 and stormed back. They almost lost in overtime to Louisville. They lost back-to-back games by 20 points on the road in the same week to Miami and Wake Forest earlier in the season. If you would have told me after that loss to Pitt they would be in the Final Four, I would have laughed in your face. They might not have even been a tournament team two months ago. And now they are playing for a national title game after quite possibly one of the greatest Final Four games of all time. I don't know if I'm going too far to say that, but that Duke-UNC game, obviously it's my biggest rivalry in all sports. We've talked about that a few weeks ago. That game, I don't think anybody led by more than seven at any point. Like, it was absolutely insane. It was back and forth all night long. I was rooting hard for Carolina with my dad, who's a diehard Tar Heels fan, jumping up off the couch, screaming for joy. The Caleb Love three to put him up by four. Oh, my God. Like, that game had – yeah, it had everything in it. And you know what? Kudos to the first game, Kansas and Nova. Kansas went out on a 10-0 run. They were up by 18 in the first half. Looked like Villanova was just dead. Nova, you know what? They fought. They had that bulldog mentality, that Philly tough mentality. People want to say they're not a Philly team, that they're a Philly team. They're 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 right out of Philly. Like, come on, it's that's another story. But they came back, they brought it to I think five or six, but they never got it closer than that in the second half. Kansas just always had an answer. And honestly, man, I think we're set up for a phenomenal title game tomorrow night with North Carolina, the eight seed in the East. I mean, I knew they could beat Baylor. We all talked about that. And I thought that was the furthest they would go. I thought UCLA, I, I, I thought UCLA, Kentucky were probably the best two teams in the East. And Carolina was like, nah, man, we got this. They are just clicking at the right time under Hubert Davis. And the scary thing with Carolina, something that I want to say Clark Kellogg said last night, or Kenny Smith, one of them, but. Of those four teams, the, the, you know, the, after Nova lost, the three teams that were remaining were Kansas, Carolina, Duke. Duke probably had the best player out of all three teams in Palo Bancaro. Carolina had the best starting five out of all those teams. And Kansas probably has one through eight, the best team, like the most depth. But, dude, with Carolina, who do you stop? RJ Davis had a great first half last night. Caleb Love and Manic did nothing. Baycott, I think they, I think Manic and Baycott but like combined to go two of ten in the first half last night. Caleb Love couldn't catch a cold. Leaky Black hit a couple of threes, but that was a shock. And then Caleb Love just snapped in the second half. Manic got a couple of big shots. Uh, I don't I don't know. Did they just feel like a team of destiny this year? And Kansas, Bill Self, great coach, Hall of Fame coach, but like, is this is there anything that can stop? The, the Carolina Tar Heels, other than themselves at this point, honestly. What do you think? Yes, there is. And it's a consistent eight-man rotation that yeah have a weakness at all around the ball, it feels like. Yeah, Kansas is so good, man. You know, they're, they're a great story. Both, both of these teams 
and it feels like that's always how it is with March Madness. It's just if you get hot at the right time. And yeah. Kansas team was dominant against who they play. I forget who they played uh, in the Elite Eight. Oh, Miami. Miami. That's right. They they absolutely dominated. Oh, that's that second half against Miami was insane. Yeah, which Miami Miami was looking good. Uh, they beat USC. Uh, I forgot the other teams that they beat. Uh, Iowa State they beat in the Sweet Sixteen. Absolutely manhandled them. I, they beat the two seed in that conference in, in that region too, because um, they were the they were the ten seed coming out. Miami was Auburn. Auburn, yeah, I was going to let anybody say yeah, and all dude, Auburn had they probably have the number one pick in the draft this year, so I, yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, it's this this it's going to be very good. Uh, the momentum you got to go with UNC right now, right? Going against, uh, well, yeah, going I mean biggest rival. But here's the thing: you have to wonder with how big of a game that was yesterday with Duke UNC. Let's be real here. That's probably the biggest Duke-UNC game of all time. It's the first time they ever played in the tournament. It's Coach K's last game now. And even though, like, let's side note real quick. Coach K is very easy to dislike. I'm not a fan of him. But what he did for college basketball is incredible. He's probably a top three, top four college coach of all time. Great career, Coach K. See you never. Wow. I, <laughs> I just feel like... Carolina's on such a high. That was an emotional win. Like, you have to come back to earth real quick against Kansas. Because Kansas showed last night, they went out 10-0 real quick on Villanova. They were up by 18 real quick on Villanova. Carolina, I don't think we'll let it get that far. But if they get down by 18, like, yeah, they can score with anybody. But if they're down by that much, they're not going to come back on Kansas. No. Kansas is just... They're a better team than Duke is, in my opinion. So I agree. And yeah, I just it, you no matter what happens, points and expect to come come back against this Kansas team. You just can't. Team, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can. Team is yeah. too balanced out, and they, they they don't have many weaknesses. Yeah, no, I, I Kansas is. I, I still feel I, I I pick Kansas. I pick Kansas uh, numerous times to win the tournament. And of course, the one year I don't is the year that they very well may win the whole thing. It's it's disappointing for me. It is what it is. It's Arizona. I still think was the best team in college basketball this year. Best team doesn't always win, unfortunately. And there's always next year. But either way, like I said, I'm so excited. I like both of these teams. I, I root for both of them: Kansas basketball, Carolina basketball. I'm not going to be upset no matter what happens. I just I hope, and I kind of know. In my heart, it's going to be a good game. I don't think either team is going to blow one, either, you know, the other one out. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Game. I think. Decided. I think this is going to be a phenomenal. It, it's going to go down to the last five minutes, just like Carolina Duke last night. I agree, absolutely, absolutely. If you're UNC right now, you got to be super confident. Oh, of course, but you could say the same thing for Kansas, though. You know what I mean? Like if you're Kansas, you just smoked the Villanova team. You looked incredible and, against Miami, and and you haven't you haven't really had a super close game in a while. No. In a while. So, I mean, they won their Big 12. They've won, what, 10 or 11 in a row now. They won the Big 12 tournament. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they can they can beat anybody. Absolutely. They've just been such a consistent team all year. Any big takeaways from the tournament from you, the shorts? You know, whether it was St. Peter's run, and like I, I said on the pod last week, you were right. I was wrong about St. Pete being able to go to the Elite Eight. I was wrong. You were right. Kudos to you. 
but is there anything that you think in general, maybe it was like a, a team that you were shocked went on a run that they did other than St. Peter's or maybe a team that you thought was going to go way further than they did, I, you know, taking out like St. Peter's and Kentucky, like anything that really surprised you? I mean, what I was shocked about was a few things. Of course, St. Peter's. St. Peter's is yeah. this arguably the greatest run in college basketball. What, they go to Elite Eight? They went to the Elite Eight. They were the first like, first 15 seed to ever go to the Elite Eight. That's that's insane. It's insane. Um, you have Iowa, who I had going to the Final Four. They're all, they're Many, a lot of people did. They were yeah. very hot off that Big Ten win, and they lost in the first round. The who, Richmond? Yeah, and the Richmond Spiders have never lost their opening round game as a 12 seed. Fun and, fact. Then, and, and then Richmond goes in there in the round of 32 and gets absolutely blown out. They got smoked. And one more thing is just the amount of one, like the amount of people that still consider Gonzaga every year. I was Gonzaga's going to win. Gonzaga's going to win. Gonzaga's going to win. And they never win. They ne- they never win. I don't know what it is. They just never win. So I think it's starting to become a curse. Um, somebody is cursing Gonzaga, and we have to stop picking Gonzaga in our in our uh, in your brackets. Yeah, it's one more thing. Sure. Michigan, Michigan had a good run. Had a great yeah, run. They did. Um, you, but you know what? It's you as a Michigan real, fan, it's it's still it's still a disappointing season as a Michigan fan. You saw the real Michigan team in March. Of course, yeah. In the regular season, obviously, if you played better, you would have played worse talent, and maybe you would have had an easier and better way, and maybe Villanova wasn't just the best matchup for you, or maybe it's it, it you can't shoot that bad under the glass in that Villanova game. No, of course not. If, but that's the thing. When you well under the glass, you win that game. When you get to the Sweet Sixteen, you're not playing a weak team. No, you're like not. Saint, you're right. Saint Peter's they played great, and but let's be real here they they were the weakest team of the Sweet Sixteen. Yes, they made it to the Elite Eight. Purdue should not have lost to Saint Peter's. Fifteen seed. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, Kentucky should have lost to Saint Peter's. No, of course not. Yeah, they. They they sleepwalk through that game. Yep. That's it's still incredible that they lost. I but the, like like you said, a lot of people say how you know every year that this is the craziest craziest year. This is the craziest year. This is one of the craziest years. Kentucky, oh, absolutely. Was, Kentucky was probably top three, top five most talented teams. Um, I I had them going far in my bracket, and you know what? They lost in the first round to a 15 seed. How about that? Yeah. It, it's. It's it's nuts that this this year this year was literally nuts and this is the elite eight was an eight seed versus a fifteen seed in the east. The top two seeds were both out by the end of the round of thirty two, like that's insane. Yeah, I. How about that? What what a year it's been. TCU, we talked about them. I told you they were going to give Arizona a fight. Yeah, man, that was the worst. I'm I'm like laying in bed, like chewing my fingernails off watching that game. Hmm. It was the worst. And, and that shot. That dunk? Oh my gosh, that's another story. But, no, but, you know, Ben Matherin with that three. But, you know, I, that's not what happened. Uh, we, we still are going to end up getting a great – we got we have a great Final Four. We're going to get a great title game tomorrow night, Monday night. And I, I have no qualms about paying up any uh, – paying out for, you know, the college basketball 
bracket, the March Madness bracket that I run every year. I, I You know what? Take the money, guys. It was a great time. It's always so much fun to watch. I stink recently, the last few years. I've just gotten worse and worse in the brackets, and I will still continue to do them every single year. That's just how it's going to go. So I have a quick question for you. Um, yeah. If you had to pick, what are your top three unexpected and top three disappointment? My top three disappointment is Kentucky, Iowa, and I'm going to go Illinois because Il- Illinois yeah. played such bad basketball. Yeah, that was rough. And they, they sneaked out of the first round against uh, I Chattanooga. Yeah, Chattanooga. Chattanooga. They gave a game to Chattanooga. Uh, they, they barely sneaked out of, and then they got manhandled by Houston. Um, you know, Iowa, like I said, losing in the first round of Richmond. And, you know, Kentucky losing it in the first round of St. Peter's. Yeah. Teams unexpected. Of, of course, you got to go. You got to go St. Peter's and you got to go. St. Peter's number one. And you got to go UNC. Yeah. You, you could go Miami. Miami. Miami looked very good in all of their games that they played, actually. Mm-hmm. Iowa State is a, another team you can look at. Uh... No, that, that's probably who I'd go with. I, I would have said Iowa State for my unexpected as well. Obviously, St. Pete's obviously there, Iowa State. I think unexpected, you could go with disappointment as well. I guess we'll, we'll just go yeah, with, the, with the exciting St. Peter's, Iowa State, and then probably either Miami or Michigan. I mean – I think I was very much in the the Michigan train being a fan to be like, oh, they're going to go. But I was just hoping it. And I, I guess my hope willed it to, yeah. to, to be. They were still a little bit of a surprise. Sure. I think disappointment, Gonzaga, absolutely. They lost in the Sweet 16. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think Texas Tech is on the verge of being a disappointment. I don't think. But that game against Duke was phenomenal. It was a great game. So I, you have Gonzaga and Kentucky are the obvious choices. And I think Arizona, I really do. It's another one seed. Baylor, you know, at least with Baylor, they were injured and they ran into a buzzsaw in North Carolina. But And then they fought back. They almost won that game. Yeah, Arizona, you know. So to go down by 25 and come back was phenomenal. It was incredible. Great game to watch. But I think that Gonzaga, Kentucky are the obvious answers. And then probably somebody like, you know, in Arizona, definitely um, – Disappointment. Illinois, that Illinois, that that was rough to watch as well, though. UConn, I think, could be considered a disappointment. I really liked them a lot. I had them in my Sweet Sixteen, and they lost to New Mexico State in the first round. So, yeah, dude, this is crazy. The March Madness is just an understatement. It was just wild. All right, enough of that March Madness and- talk. Interesting. <laughs> This pay-per-view, talking a little bit of UFC. I know it's been a while we have, haven't talked about UFC. Um, you know, with all these fight nights going on, I guess we could just touch on the fight nights real quick. Uh, they had the London event, Alexander Volkov and Tom, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, heavyweight on the come up. He submitted Alexander Vol- Volkov in um, uh, three minutes and I want to say 40 seconds. He looked really good. Um, yeah, Volkov did not look very good. He destroyed Dan Hooker. <laughs> destroyed. You got to watch out for him in the featherweight class. Patty Pimplett, Mr. Overrated, I think is so overrated. Um, he's like Conor McGregor. He takes so many shots, but he's just so electric offensive, offensively. He gets a submission done in the first round. Um, you go over to Blades and Dawkus. Not a whole much that went on. Uh, Kai Car France will beat 
Oscar Askarov in a phenomenal fight. He won won that. That fight. was if that was those yeah, that was a phenomenal fight. I watched that in the Curtis Blades fight. You know, Curtis but, Blades, but, Chris Dawkins. He yeah, showed but, that he yeah, did dude. Grow. Kudos. That's what I was going to say, man. That's so awesome. Curtis Blades is known as this incredible grappler and wrestler, and he is. He did not even attempt a takedown. He wanted to show everybody, I can knock you out. Like, you need to be careful. Yep. And yeah, he, he looked really good in that fight. That Kai Car France fight was incredible, though, too. So, moving on to the pay-per-view, Saturday, April 9th. Want to start with, um, I guess, watching? the bottom of the card? Will you be watching? Um, it depends. Work, work's really picking up right now. If I get home in time, I will absolutely be buying this pay-per-view. I'm going to hit up our boy Austin. We'll be watching this together maybe. But, um. We have some fights that, um, I hate to, I hate to keep cutting you off, but, um, a few fights, unfortunately. Pat Sabatini's fight was canceled against Gavin Tucker. Pat Sabatini, if you guys don't know, he's, he's from my hometown. He's a resident. Uh, I, I know him personally. Um. He's on a three-fight win streak in the UFC. Up-and-coming featherweight. Love him a lot. On the prelims, they have Rosenstruck versus Martian Tybura. I was surprised that wasn't a pay-per-view fight myself. I agree. Um, the main card, uh, if if you want to start us off on the main card. Yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres, it's it's that's a, it's a coin flip fight, in my opinion. Torres, like, you're going to root for the American, I would say. I like Mackenzie Dern a lot, though. I don't know... As much about these two fighters as somebody, you know, like a Rose Nami Nunes and Amanda Nunes, these guys, you know, the girls, I should say. But I, it's going to – you would expect – looking at the the bet line, Darren is favored. She's a minus 120. Torres is a plus 100. Like, that's essentially the closest you can get without it being a pick So, that should be a great fight to start. And if you want to go ahead, talk about that one or just move on up to the, the if third I, one. If I could add something on, like, the women's. The women's is very interesting because if you lose a fight or win a fight, you can either shoot up or shoot down. Like, we saw with um, Megan Anderson, who who fought Amanda Nunes. Granted, he, she got destroyed by Amanda Nunes, but she still built her way up to a UFC title fight. And when she lost in the first round of an armbar, I believe, she yeah. got released. That was after, wild. After a title fight, she got released. So, you know, it's hard to keep up with these with these women classes because there's just there's not enough fighters in them. And that may not make sense, but it does in a sense because you either shoot up super high or you shoot down super low. And if you win a fight against a number five ranked fighter, you you can get released. Yeah, it's incredibly top heavy. Is the problem right now? Yes. Um, also, Kelvin Gaslam. He had two fights scheduled. It, it looks like. Uh, for this card, I guess he he had one booked. It got canceled, so they rebooked another one for the same night, and that one got canceled too. Kelvin <laughs> Gaslam's trying to get just trying to get a fight here. He's he's still young. Uh, he's actually only thirty. Yeah, he 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 seems a lot older. Um, he's been but, around for a while, but yeah, yeah. So it looks like we only have four fights on the main card, which I'm sure they're going to pull up the Rosenstruck fight. You would think, yeah, fight's going to be absolutely phenomenal, but. The fight that was just booked was Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Chimaev. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for that fight. I believe the odds is Hamzat's the favorite right now. Yeah, he's minus 500. <laughs> really? Yeah. The the two – the next two fights, so that one and then the co-main, Jan and Sterling, they're both minus 500 favorites. Wow. Yeah. So, Hamzat – I. 
I don't I, I I'm so torn because Hamzat is a lot of fun to watch. Three Neil Burns, that fight against Wonder Boy was very underwhelming. I don't know. I mean But it shows Burns, that, that Burns can slow it down and you know Yes, and that's what I like. You have to against Hamzat. It's gonna be you would expect him to be. I mean Hamzat can throw, but Hamzat's he's more of a wrestler. Yeah, he, he's coming at you. Like you just whether on the feet or on the ground, he's gonna be in your face the whole fight. Exactly. So Burns can handle any kind of fight. You got to give him credit with that. And and something I saw in an interview, Burns was saying, "Listen, Hamza, he's a great fighter, yeah, but he hasn't lost yet. He doesn't know what it's like to lose. He thinks he's unbeatable. He everybody's beatable." And he said, "Listen, I was in that spot before. I was undefeated. I was a top rising prospect, and I got I, I got I got my I got my my teeth knocked in." So he said, "Listen." Anybody can lose him any given fight, and he's not wrong. So no. I, I think Hazma has the advantage, but, like, I, I like Burns a lot, and it would not surprise me at all if he ends up taking down Chimaev. Yeah, I like I like Hans out here, but I wouldn't put the fight must pass Burns. Yes, um, I agree. Sterling versus Piotr Jan. Um, rematch from when Piotr Jan need Aljamain Sterling in the face. So dirty. Uh, whether Aljamain faked it or not, I I don't think he did. I just no, if, that that was not a fake. If if he did, he's a scum. He's a scum. But of course, but Peter Jan is a scumbag for throwing the knee. So like, yeah, I I agree. Uh, I don't I don't like Peter Jan. I like Sterling a lot. Sterling, yep. very very nice guy. Although I don't think he wins this fight. Um, this one, a lot of people are much. This is probably out of the Hamza. The Jan and Sterling fight and the Volkanovski Korean zombie fight. Everybody thinks this one is more in Jan's control. Which, uh, listen, Aljamain is a great fighter on on the ground. He can and and on the feet. We saw that in the Jan fight, mm-hmm. but he did have bad execution in that fight against Jan. And that's the thing. Sterling did not have a good fight, and I do think he was winning at the time of the the DQ. Yeah, it it was very close. It's just Sterling. It was a slight edge. Yeah, Sterling tried to be too technical on the feet, which you know Jan showed in that fight against Sanhagen, which he could he can he can do better than Sterling can. Yeah. So I th- I think Sterling's got got to find a way to you know get him to the ground, and if if he's improved on the feet, then you know we could see him on the feet a little bit, but he he's gonna have to be you know fairly balanced here. He can't. He can't stay. He can't stay on the feet for for twenty five minutes. He's not going to win the fight. He's just this. Gonna... This might be my disdain for Peter. I'm talking. Sterling is going to win the fight. He's the underdog, and I'm going to. I I believe he will beat Peter yeah. Jan. I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. And Peter Jan is a phenomenal fighter. I don't like him though, and maybe that's why I'm taking Sterling. Sterling is a whirlwind, dude. He is so fast. He is all over the place. Jan is incredibly strong. He's a phenomenal fighter. I like I like Sterling. I, I like him in this fight. All right. Um. So the main event. The snooze fest. This bothers me so much because I'm I'm gonna tell you right now it's gonna go to the decision. Volkanovski's gonna win. Oh, Mac, Mac. You know what? Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Volkanovski. Uh, not a decision. I'm gonna take him by uh, by finish. Okay. He's gonna finish him off. He's gonna win the fight in the second or third round. Okay, I'm cool with that. Holloway should be in that. Well, oh, of course, yeah. Korean Zombie has no business being in that fight. Um, I, I'm not. I, I'm not saying he's not a very good fighter. He's a phenomenal fighter. 
like we said, UFC 251. I don't know if we talked about this. This was the fight with the first Usman Masvidal. Uh, it also had Jan versus Aldo and Volkanovski versus Holloway too. This was yeah, that was an incredible uh, card, man. This was around two years ago now. Yeah, this summer will be two years. 2020. Um, me and Jacobs, we watched that fight together, and we both saw thought that Holloway won that fight. Yeah, we were texting the whole time, man. I mean, Volkanovski probably did win that first fight, you know, back pre-COVID. But I'm very much in favor that Holloway won that fight. When Dana White comes out and says, the president of the company comes out and goes, yeah, Holloway won that fight. Volkanovski got the the judges. Holloway was the winner of that fight. Like, come on, man. Like, that, that's, that's mm-hmm. messed up. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 th- this one, like, I'm, I'm not even excited. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Not even a little bit excited. I'm pumped for 274, though. Have you seen that card? That's the one to look out for, yeah. Yeah. Logan, my brother will be here. He's going to come in a couple of days before. We're going to watch that. I'm going to take off that night. Yeah. But... We're going to, we're going to be finishing finals that week. And that's how we're going to reward ourselves with some alcohol and some UFC. Yeah, like Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, Rose Namunez, Carla Esparza, Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. You have uh, Ovin St. Pierre, or Peru. You have Donald Cerrone. Oh, it's just yeah, chaos Williams. It's just but all around it, the It is funny, though, to talk about, you know, two, 273 on Saturday. I don't dislike Volkanovski as much as I think you do. I, I don't like him. I don't dislike him. I will say, though, while I do think Holloway should be champion, Volkanovski has at least gained my respect, especially after that Ortega fight. Absolutely. I mean, that was that was a barn burner, dude. That was a phenomenal fight. Absolutely. But, I mean, Volkanovski is a deserving champion. I just think that Holloway should be champion, if that makes any kind of sense. So, I yeah, I, I mean, this card is going to be good. 274 is going to be incredible. Yeah. So, I can't wait to watch that one at yeah, the beginning of May. That'll be a, a great one to talk about, obviously. And we'll, we'll we'll dive in pretty deep that Sunday. We'll try to get Logan on with us. It'll be, you know, a, a special guest, three-person podcast. So that'll be pretty dope, man. So do you want to – what do you think? We're going to give everybody our top ten list? We're going to just talk about – you want to give some reactions to uh, to my predictions of Major League Baseball and the NFL from last week by myself? Uh, Let's talk about – let's do our list real quick. Why not? Let's do our list, guys. You heard them. You heard the man. We're so, going to give you our top 10 list of the week. Declan, tell us, t- t- tell our listeners what list we're doing this week. Our list this week is our top 10 retired athletes. So it's pretty much all of our favorite athletes, athletes that are no longer playing right now. Um, and, you know, let's just get right into it. My honorable mentions, I have Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, and Brent Salick. Patrick Willis retired too early he was linebacker for the 49ers Brent Selleck old tight end for the Eagles uh you know obviously Eagles fan one of my favorites of all time and Frank Gore he's he was playing playing until he he was dead pretty much you know and you know you gotta love Frank Gore you gotta give the man respect yeah Frank Gore also on my honorable mentions just officially retired today he's gonna retire as a 49er which is only right even though he did play for a few teams at the end of his career, Frank Gore retiring as a 49er, he's got to be on my honorable mentions. My thing with these players, we tried to keep it relatively recent. You know, you could go old school. You could oh, Larry Bird, this and that. Like, you know what I mean? Dennis Robin, whatever you want to say. I tried to keep it recent, and I tried not to use too many players 
that were on my favorite team. Of course, I'm going to have some of those guys. I'm biased. But for the most part, I am trying to keep it. I, I tried to keep it where it was like some players that I was fans of on their team and some players I was just really big fan of the player. So with that being said, my honorable mentions, like I said, Frank Gore. We had Pecorine, recently retired goalie for the Nashville Predators. J.J. Redick, while he was a sixer, also played for many teams in his career. Phenomenal player to watch. Carly Lloyd had to throw in some USA pride. Uh, New Jersey's own, I do believe, as well. You know, and Steve Nash. Huge Steve Nash guy. Grew up. Oh, it didn't make a big Scott about him. Yeah, dude, he was so much fun. I, I got to watch I him right in his end. Yeah, I, I watched him in his MVP years with the Suns, and I used to emulate him as a little kid, you know what I mean? Be like, my, you know, some of my bigger cousins, if we'd be in the, the, the driveway or at somebody's house, you throw a lob back like your Steve Nash throwing it to Stoudemire and Marion, and yeah, I got it, it was a lot of fun. I, I'll go ahead and start us off. My number 10, I have little man, second baseman, Boston Red Sox, Dustin Pedroia. He was an MVP for the Red Sox, was on the World Series uh, champion team, and was a ton of fun to watch. Dustin Pedroia, little man Pedroia. I played a lot of second base when I played baseball, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play, number 10. My number 10, you're going you're gonna to enjoy this. One of my favorite clips of all time is when he hit the home run against the San Diego Padres. Bartolo Colon, big second. Oh, my goodness. That big, big man. He played forever. Yeah, he played until he was around 45, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. And he played for so many teams. So, well, when you play when you play that long and your name's not Tom Brady. <laughs> let me say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. He played for the Expos. That's how old he is. Played for 12 teams. That is nuts. Anybody who played for the Expos played played a long time. Let's just say that. Absolutely. Um, There's nothing much to say about him. He's kind of just a fat pitcher. (laughs) And he hit one nuke and, like... Yeah, at the end of his career, he had a nuke. He he won a Cy Young, right? Uh, I believe he did back in, like, the mid or, like, mid-2000s. I got to figure this out. You look it up and I'll tell everybody about my number nine. My number nine, I had one of the greatest, if not the greatest Colorado Rocky of all time, first baseman Todd Helton. Fun fact, actually was a quarterback at Tennessee in college, was a little overshadowed by somebody else who's going to be on my list in a little while. Todd Helton for the Rockies. People want to say, oh, it was Coors Field, you know, mile high. Todd Helton was so incredible with the bat, good fielder as well, very much a Hall of Fame talent. Just, I, yeah, there, there's nothing bad I can say about that guy. Colorado Rocky through and through, Todd Helton, number nine. Um, I know he hasn't retired yet, but he has admitted to not playing football ever again. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, no, I'll, I'll give you that one. One, Probably the best receiver in Arizona Cardinals history. He's one Yeah, it's not close. One of the best of our generation. The the historic moment where he ran like ninety yards in the NFC Championship game against Green Bay to like the one, and they ended up winning the game. Awesome, and he 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 was never like a loud, super big, egotistical maniac guy. He no, he was he was like the classic 
team first guy. Never forget that touchdown in the Super Bowl when it looked like that was going to be the game winning touchdown against Pittsburgh. And then San Antonio Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it was always fun to watch him, uh, watch him play. Even though he wasn't the fastest dude, he, he would never drop a pass. And uh, fu- Fun fact, the crazy stat. I know you know about this. Larry Fitzgerald had more tackles than drops. Yeah, that's insanity. That that's absolutely insanity. And he really wasn't playing with great. I mean, yes, he you know Kurt Warner at the end of his career, he had a couple good years. Carson Palmer, he had some bad quarterbacks he played with too. And like he put up all those stats on some of those really not great Arizona teams. Larry Fitzgerald, such an easy choice for a first bout Hall of Famer one day. Absolutely. My number eight, Todd Helton's teammate at Tennessee, Peyton Manning, the sheriff. Not a lot of people know that. Helton was a baseball standout as well, was a quarterback though at Tennessee, but he was not Peyton Manning. <laughs> and Peyton Manning went on to win a couple of Super Bowls, beat my Bears, unfortunately, but very deserving. Great half. Modern... Yeah. And fun fact, Billy Joel was the uh, the national anthem singer that year, I believe. Really? National anthem or Oh Beautiful. Oh, terrible weather, Miami. But Peyton Manning gave me my first taste of heartbreak in the Super Bowl, but the Bears have not been back yet, so it's okay. It is what it is. If I had to lose this to somebody in the Super Bowl, I would choose Peyton Manning 10 times out of 10. Who was the quarterback it, for that team for the Bears? Rex Grossman, the only quarterback in NFL history to have a QB rating of 100 or better and also zero in the same season. Really? Only time, yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, actually. But you know what? He's also been to the same amount of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. So he's on Aaron Rodgers' level. That's all I'm going to say. All right. My number eight. Retired way too early. Unfortunately, played for a horrible team. We have Megatron Calvin Johnson. His time in Detroit was literally just like backyard football. Like Matt Stafford would like up. (laughs) He'd be on three guys. And Calvin would just kind of just jump and like, Close his eyes, put a hand up, grab it, come down, touchdown. He ran here. He caught for like 350 yards against Dallas, something like that. Maybe not 300. I don't know. Some insane number. I, his, his, his CE's career was cut short. He's the most dynamic receiver I've ever seen. Of course. Of course. If he would have played longer, he, we would be talking about him and probably top five of all time. Yeah, oh, talent, talent-wise, he is top five, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, stat-wise, you know, he didn't play long enough. But, yeah, yeah, talent-wise, absolutely. That's a good one. My number seven, I have Drew Brees, one of the first non-sport. So, Brees never played for a team that I rooted for. He's one of the first jerseys I ever had. I had when he was on the San Diego Chargers. They had the baby blue jerseys. I had a Drew Brees jersey in the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school that I got as a birthday present, Christmas present one year. And I wore the snot out of that thing. I loved it. Drew Brees then goes on to, should have been Miami, ended up being New Orleans, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened to him in that city. Won a Super Bowl. Just an absolute, genuine, good dude. Great teammate. And... I don't think there's anything bad I can say about not just him as a football player, but as a man. Drew Brees, somebody that I will absolutely one day show boys, girls, any kind of kids I have. Uh, tape of Drew Brees, not just as a football player, but as a human being. 
phenomenal person. Of course. Number seven, he just retired recently. Uh, short time with the Sixers, J.J. Redick. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, off J.J. Redick. I'll never forget. J.J. Redick. Redick, Redick, Redick. I forget his name. Uh, announcer for the Sixers. He, Matt Breen, yeah. Or Matt. Mar- well, yeah, oh, God. Mike Breen. Just- <laughs> Bang! I got to mess that up. Keep going, brother. Uh, yeah, he... He just went out there and dropped like fifteen a game for the Sixers, uh, and he he embraced the city and he always had fun. And he uh, today he talks about how much fun he had and how there's no fans like Philly. And you know, even though he's retired, I we all think he's still going to come back and hope to death that he comes back, even though he probably won't. Yeah, he won't do it. He was on part of my take and straight up, they were like telling him like, dude, like. Anybody will take you just for a playoff run. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm retired. I can't do it. Yeah, J.J. Redick, you never know. We only spent two years in Philly. He's just like a Philadelphia legend, I feel like. It's funny, too, with J.J. Redick. He, I, I, nobody liked him in college. He was like the quintessential. He, he went to Duke. Yeah, he went to Duke. Nobody liked him. He, he was kind of like Grayson Allen. It was like Duke with J.J. Redick and Gonzaga with Adam Morrison back in the day before Gonzaga was like a national power. They were like, you know, just a Cinderella kind of mid-major team. Yeah. <laughs> and J.J. Redick turned into something out of Morrison turned into nothing other than just a weird dude. Number six, I have Vince Sanity, Vince Carter. Air Canada back in the day, they called him. Probably the best in- in-game dunker I think I've ever seen in my life. Vince Carter and that series in 01 against the Sixers, him and AI going back and forth. If you watch highlights of that series, I know that, that was years before you were born. I was only like, I think, six or seven when that happened. That was just insane. Those two put on a show in the Eastern Conference semifinals, just back and forth. You know, UNC grad played in the NBA forever, played with all these teams. And even up to his last game with the Hawks, I want to say he hit a three his last shot in the NBA before the COVID break when he retired. Vince Carter, just, oh, man, one of the most exciting players I think I've ever seen in any sport. My number six pick, not pick, but you, you know what I mean. My my number six pick, I just said pick again, oh, my God, for uh, this list is, in my opinion, the GOAT of UFC, Anderson Spider Silva. I can't stand that man. Dude, he was such a freak of nature. Of course, he was incredible, but he was just such a... There was was like five to seven years where he just dominated. He's unbeatable, yeah. That middleweight division. I'll never forget when Chael Sonnen absolutely dominated for four and a half rounds, and then he caught him in a triangle choke and ended up... Oh, that was... Yeah, there was... Anderson Silva did not deserve to win that fight. That was like the... Sonnen literally obliterated him for 22 and a half minutes. You gotta give him. You gotta give him credit for pulling it out, though. No, of course, that's what champions do. It's just so funny. It's like Sonnen literally like had that title in his hands and just lost it. I agree. Not not arguing with you, but yeah, I think he's the goat. We can debate about if you think GSP is the goat or not, or Khabib. Khabib didn't face enough people. Silva's the most talented fighter I've ever seen in my life, other than like John Jones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I feel you on that one. And how about the Sixers? Joel Embiid, 44 and 17, they get the win. It's, there you go. He, 
He's on another level, dude. Flyers are up two nothing after two against the Rangers, too. He wants to be uh, leading uh, scorer this year. He wants that record. He wants that. And he wants to be the MVP and he wants to win a title. And I, I, I love that man with my whole heart. Of course, gotta love him. <laughs> we digress. Number five on my list. People know him as Ichiro, Ichiro Suzuki. Wow. Yeah, wow. dude, I love me some Ichiro. No, of course. Came in in 2001, I believe, and immediately won the Rookie of the Year and the MVP for the Seattle Mariners. Was on one of the best regular season teams of all time. Ended up not winning the World Series because that's what Seattle does. And that's the last time they ever made the playoffs, fun fact, was that year. They're still in a drought now. Ichiro was just consistently – people even said, like, if you watched them batting practice, if he wanted to, he could hit, like, 30, 40 home runs a year. Yeah. But he felt it necessary to consistently – put the ball in play, get on base, make the defense work, steal bases and score runs, and make that pitcher work, like I said. What he could do, phenomenal, oh, just an, a hose too, a little guy. But what he could do, I actually saw him pitch near the end of his career in a, a Phillies-Marlins game, the last game of the excuse me, last game of the season. The Phillies were blowing out the Marlins, and they brought Ichiro in to pitch. It was the coolest thing. Oh, that's awesome. It was really neat, yeah, getting to watch Ichiro pitch. So, he's number five on my list. My number five on the list is number one pick in the 2010 draft, I want to say, for the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck. Another another player that just retired so early. And honestly, with the Colts right now, I'm sure they're missing him. Yeah. I'm sure they're missing him. Uh, he, he, was, he was one of the most hyped up guys. He was kind of like Matt Stafford. He was hyped up, obviously, the number one pick, probably. Everybody thought that he was going to get the number one pick. It's just it's it, it's a shame. It really is. It's it's such such a sad story on what happened on why he retired, and people are still convinced that he's going to come back. And uh, I I don't know. I think I think that it's that, been too long now. He's yeah, done. That ship is that ship has sailed. I think if it was going to happen, it was going to be now. And then when they traded from you know when they after the Carson Wentz, they would have brought in been like Andrew, like we need you. We have a good team now. I agree. I agree. So, all right, my number four, I have former Flyer, Tampa Bay Lightning, couple teams, Simone Gagne. I have his jersey, wore his jersey to the Flyers game pretty recently against the Canes, got on TV with his jersey. That's my boy. Gagne was there. He was never, like, a superstar. He was always just such a good role player. And I, I, I do believe if he didn't make any all-star teams, he should have. He had a couple of really good seasons with Philly. And – just a, a great professional, was always a phenomenal teammate, ended up coming back after a couple of years, was on the team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals when, you know, they had the improbable comeback against the Bruins. And they lost to the Blackhawks in the, the Stanley Cup Final. Simone Gagne growing up was definitely somebody uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching on the Philadelphia Flyers. Of course. I actually like that one. I, I completely forgot about that guy, not going to lie. Uh, my number four is running back for the Eagles. He retired recently, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he's got to be on your list, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely love LaShawn McCoy. Probably my favorite Eagle of all time right yeah, now. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, because, only because he was kind of like the electric, the most electric guy that I was able to see play. He was Philly in that time, in my absolutely. opinion. Ab- absolutely. Uh, the the game against the, uh, Detroit in the snow. Yeah, like, the snow that, bowl. That's that, that's that's iconic, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, like that. That's that's it's yeah, it's iconic. You're you're absolutely right. It's absolutely iconic. But yeah, uh, that's that's the one I like. 
My number three, I'm going to go with a running back for my favorite team as well. Matt Forte, Chicago Bears. I got to watch him. He's one of the first few players I, I can honestly say, like, I remember when they drafted him and I watched his first ever game. You know, I watched him from his rookie year, all the years with the Bears. He was the Chicago Bears for years. Some pretty bad teams made it to a couple playoffs and he was like their best running back, obviously also their best receiver for a while was a fantasy God for a few years and was, I want to say the second Chicago bears other than like, I think a Brian, our Jersey, obviously my first bears Jersey was Rex Christman Jersey. Fun that we talk about him today. Mom had no idea. She just saw bears and that was there. So Matt Forte was one of the first uh, bears I ever fell in love with though. Just uh, played the game the right way. I think that's the biggest thing on a lot of the people on my list. Always played with his whole heart, even when he went to, you know, the Jets at the end of his career and made a couple stops in places. Was just so enjoyable to watch. And I always rooted for Matt Forte at my number three. My number three, he actually retired a few days ago. He played for the Saints. Then he went to the Eagles. Then I believe he went back to the Saints. Uh, won two rings, all per safety. I. Uh, Probably another one of my my top five favorite Eagles of all time. Uh, like I said, electrifying. Like uh, he was Philly. Malcolm uh, Jenkins, man, he was a stud. Ma- Malcolm Jenkins. It's oh, I miss him, man. We need him now too. Especially if, <laughs> if we don't get. Please get Tyron Matthew. Howie, Howie, I'm talking to you right now. Tyron. <laughs> put put aside your list. Bring in Tyron Matthew. <laughs> Tyron Matthew. If Tyron Matthew comes to Philly, he will be on the retired list when he retires. I promise you that right now. <laughs> you have money, paid man. But now let's get away from that. In all serious seriousness, Malcolm Jenkins, absolutely awesome. Probably the favorite. The favorite moment's got to be the hit against Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl, right? Laid him out, man. And it was clean, too. Wasn't yeah. very clean. Yeah, love my man. Yeah, he was. He was phenomenal. He. All my uh, my list, top ten, were my honorable mentions, but I knew he'd be higher on your list. I know he'd get you to talk with. My number two, I have, as Harry Callis said numerous times, the man, Chase Utley. I had Chase Utley number two on my list. He was just phenomenal, all-around player, one of the best players in baseball for a few years. Injuries did derail his career. Made a comeback a couple times, but never quite the same. He would have been a Hall of Famer, absolutely. Could have won an MVP one year. Probably should have. You don't think he's a Hall of Famer right now? I don't think he is. He's a Hall of Fame talent, but he missed a lot of time in his career. His numbers aren't quite where they need to be. He's a thousand percent a Hall of Fame talent. I just don't know if he's going to end up actually making the Hall of Fame. The quintessential pro, Chase Utley, forever, probably my favorite Philly of all time, number two on my list. My number two on my list is probably the second best power forward of all time in NBA history. The man, Dak! <laughs> no way, whatever you want to call him. The German, the German man. Uh, he was just, he was so fun, so fun to watch. Another guy that I, I get, I was able to see some of them. I, I didn't get to see him, you know, in his prime. You know, won that, won that title against Miami. Just, and I just, an a class, a class guy. You know, everybody. He, yeah, he deserved. He deserved that so much. Everybody had his respect. 
you just you, you gotta you gotta love him. Honestly, you just you gotta love him. Gotta love Dirk. Number one on my list, Dirk. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki. Also number two on Declan. Number one on mine. Our favorite my team player of all time in NBA. My team. Well, two K. Wally. Oh man, yeah. Number number one though, Dirk for me. Got a dick. Anytime Steve Zanelli said, "Who's on your court?" I said, "Dick." <laughs> Dirk by far. People are gonna be like, "What are they talking about?" Zanelli's <laughs> gonna be dying when he listens to this. Dirk. Yeah, I, I'm done, I promise. It sounds a little insane right now. Yeah, it's okay. He's gonna appreciate it. I'm sure Logan will crack up our boys, but um, so I have two number ones actually. Oh, you cheater! I have one, dude. I couldn't pick. I so that's when you get rid of your right, Go ahead. What do you got? I couldn't pick. But I, I couldn't get rid of Bartolo Cologne. Come on now. Yes, you could have. You could have been honorable mention. So my 1A was Jimmy Rollins, favorite Philly of all time. Uh, he actually – he just joined the the staff, I believe, for the team, which is awesome. Get Love to see the man competing and not competing. You know what I mean. My my other guy, I know you're going to like this, is uh, Yao Ming. <laughs> Let me hear it, Declan. Yumming, 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 yumming. <laughs> this this podcast is off the rails tonight. <laughs> nah, but in all serious, Yao Ming, uh, his career was ruined by injuries. Of course, obviously, he's, he's... <laughs> anybody who's seven foot six. Yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely a possibility. Uh, unfortunately, his career was uh, tarnished by injuries. What are you gonna do? Uh, y- 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 how can you hate Yao Ming? Nah, dude, he's so likable. Yeah, like it's Yao Ming. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's no, that's completely understandable for one. I, I'll give you those. That's good. I also want to mention people before we finish our lists. There were two people who really meant a lot to me, like watching sports growing up, was Alan Iverson and Brian Urlacher. I didn't have them on my list or my honorable mentions just because I, like I said, I did try to stay away a lot from players that were on my favorite teams growing up, but they are obviously like iconic players of all time. So of course. Yeah, of course. That man, that's a solid list. So I did talk to you guys last week about who I had, you know, winning the, the divisions and both major league baseball and the NFL. I do want to give, I want to give Declan a chance to uh, give me a little bit of a rebuttal. I'm going to give you a quick rundown, like a little reminder or refresher of who I had. The NFC East, I'm just going to go one through four in all eight divisions. Dallas, Philly, Washington, the Giants, one through four. NFC South, Tampa, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta. NFC North, Green Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, NFC West. Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks. AFC East, Buffalo, Miami, New England, the Jets, AFC South, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Houston. AFC North, I have the Ravens, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns. AFC West, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Declan, take it away. Uh, so, starting off with the NFC East, Dallas at one, Philly at two, Washington at three, Was- uh, New York at four. Washington, so, we have the Philly, same four. Okay. Washington, Philly, or Dallas can win that division. I, I think – Either three of them teams can win the division. I agree. I agree. Philly's gotten better. Washington's gotten better. And it, I guess Dallas has gotten a, a little bit worse. So you got you to gotta watch out. 
for those teams. New York Giants is going to be having fun at the uh, the bottom. Danny Dimes is not the answer. I don't understand why they're not figuring that out by now. NFC South, I like Tampa at one. I think two through four can go either way. Yeah. Like, if if you see Atlanta go to two, I wouldn't be surprised, even though you had them at four. Uh, not, nothing to really hate about there. NFC North, Green Bay at one, I like. But two. You have Minnesota at two. No. You do not have the Detroit Lions at number two. I, I actually don't have Green Bay at one. What? I have Minnesota at one. Wow. I think without that, who does who does Rogers have to throw to? Yeah, Alan Lazard. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Darius Smith is out. Uh, there's got there's people on that team that's not happy. They've got that team. That morale, that morale, that team is low. Want to know why? Because Aaron Rodgers is a scumbag. So I'm I'm sitting Green Bay at like nine and eight. Greedy scumbag. Uh, Chicago's getting I want to say seven eight wins. I, I can take that. And I like Minnesota at 11, 12 wins. Minnesota wow. is a good team. They just they had a defensive problem. They had a coaching problem, and their co- their coaching's gone. You know this this defense. You know menace. It needs a lot of a lot of reshaping, though. I will yeah. say, yes, absolutely, I agree. Um, NFC West, the Ram, the Rams got better. They yeah. won, they won the Super Bowl and they just got better. Ain't that nuts? They lost Von Miller, they got Bobby Wagner, and they got Allen Robinson. And they they still could bring back Odell in theory. They could they could? I don't know if they will because they have Van Jefferson still. But of course, yeah. Um, I. Rest of the NFC West is go from Arizona to San Francisco three, Seattle four. AFC East, I think Jets get the three spot. New England, New England gets the four spot. Wow. Okay. Um, I think I don't think Zach Wilson's bad. No, I don't either. I like him. I just think the Jets have a lot of holes. Yeah. No. 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 I I think I think the draft is 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 going to help them out a lot. Yeah. You you guys got some guys. Honestly, if I'm the Jets. Who would you take if you're the Jets? Saying, let's say Aiden Hutchinson's off the board. Hutchinson. Are the Jets at number two? Yes. <sighs> I think Kyle Ham- Hamilton's the best player. I mean, Kyle player. Hamilton, yeah. I mean, you have a Kongwu out of, you know, NC State. There's Evan Neal out of Alabama, the two tackles. They need a lot of help. Um, I mean, Thibodeau's kind of fallen, but, like, you can put him in there, too. This draft at the top is very, very deep, so I don't think they're going to make a bad pick. Sauce Gardner, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, Mod Sauce Gardner, I like him a lot. So good. Uh, the Jets, you would think, would take an O-lineman, right? I, I would go O-line personally to protect him, yeah. Yeah, uh, although uh, Kyle Hamilton, I think, is the best player in the draft. So, I, I like, like you said, I think whoever you go with isn't a bad pick. Um, AFC South. I think Jacksonville goes over Indy. I think, uh, I could see it. I just I think bringing in Matt Ryan. Actually, no, I changed my mind. Indy's saying it too. Jacksonville. Yeah, that's Indy. that's why I like India too. Uh, Jacksonville still needs still needs some holes to fill. Although I think that it will be close. Doug Peterson, he's I I he's still a good coach. He's a good coach. I I was hating on him. He's also, the Jets are at number four. Fun fact. In the first round. It goes Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, the Jets. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. So that's why Kyle Hamilton might not be there. Okay. So I, I like an offensive tackle right there, though. But either way, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. AFC North. Um, I like Baltimore. Say it with me, Baltimore. I agree with you on Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, this that's that division. It's a tough division, dude. That division is so good. I I can't put the Sean Watson at four. I just can't with how good that offensive line is. Yeah, they, but they don't. They you, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's I don't. Who's got to throw to other than Mark Cooper? I don't. I don't like it personally. I, I think. Junior. Stop. They they said they they haven't returned. You know, said he might not. He could return still. They haven't ruled that out. But I just don't think they're deep enough with, with how deep that division is. I, that's why I have him at four because you don't know if he's going to fully play either. Declan, he very well still could get suspended. This is true. This. This is true. Uh, I think if Deshaun Watson plays, I think he moves to three. You, you know what's crazy? What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think – wow, that's nuts. Wait, so in the AFC East, I think Buffalo wins, and it's not even going to be close. Yeah, of course. Buffalo, Tennessee, Baltimore, and the Chargers. And then there's three vile card teams. You have Cincinnati, Cleveland. Chiefs, Broncos, and Raiders. Yeah. Like, you didn't even give us your AFC West. Do you think Chargers win? Yeah. I'll go. Chargers have improved so much. And Herbert's still getting better. So that team. So I, good. That team is going to be scary. I actually think that they'll have the best record in the AFC. Okay. Um, Chiefs are getting worse. I think I might like Broncos over Chiefs. Not going to lie. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Raiders at four is good. Um, so, MLB. If you want to go over that real quick, let's do it. Um, my AL, I'll go with my. I had in the AL East. Well, I'll just I'll tell you mine. You tell me yours. I had the Blue Jays at one, Red Sox at two, the Raids at three, the Yankees at four, the Orioles at five. Um, switch around the. Hmm. I still think the Yankees might finish ahead of the Rays, but I think the Rays just have that pedigree of like being there all the time. So with the Red Sox, I the Red. You're not sold on them, are you? No. What made you put Red Sox at two? Uh, Trevor Story, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts. I don't like Trevor Story. Okay. And I'll tell you why. He hit for 250 last year around 30 jacks, but this isn't course. And you know what? He has so much better protection around him now in the lineup. He had, no, he had no help in Colorado. That's my thing. Okay. That, that's fair. Um, yeah. I think I like – I think I like Yankees at three, Rays okay. at two, Blue Jays at one. Red Sox four or five. Yeah. But it's it's not going to be very far. Like, we know this. Like it's No, like, the top four are all right there, yeah. A- absolutely. AL Central, I took Chicago White Sox at one, Minnesota at two, Detroit at three, Cleveland at four, and the Royals at five. Give me White Sox one, Twins two. T- yeah, perfect. Cool. AL West, Mariners at one over the Astros. Astros at two, Angels at three, Rangers at four, the Oakland Stinkfest Athletics at five. Call me crazy, Angels one, Mariners two, Astros three, Rangers four, A's five. And then the A's just traded Sean Manea today too. Like they're getting rid of literally everybody. Where's he at? He went to San Diego. Okay. So that's just another of like eight pitchers that could pitch for the, the Padres. Um, NL East. Uh, I think you have to go Braves. 
Braves one, Mets two, Phillies three, Marlins four, Nationals five. You know where I'm going to go here? You're going to say Phillies at two. Yes, I am. Do you got Braves, Phillies, Mets? Mets, sorry. Mets going to yeah. Mets. <laughs> Mets are going to Mets. Jacob DeGrom, like I said, he's going to get hurt. I think Max Scherzer declines. Scherzer, are, they're, they're already shutting him down for a little bit, too. They don't know if he's ready for opening day. Oh, yeah. So, so Phillies are getting the two spot, and, you know, they're making the playoffs. Who needs a bullpen when you got that, that offense? <laughs> they're just going to outslug everybody. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I have to say. Uh, I th- the Marlins are a sneaky team, too. I like what they've done in the offseason, by the way. Fun fact. I agree. Um, NL Central will go – I have the Brewers, Cardinals, Reds, Cubs, Buccos, the Pirates. Uh, I think one and two in the Central can go either way, and I think the rest is fine. Okay, and I then, like and Tyler, I like Tyler O'Neill a lot. He's 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 a he's a bat absolutely. I just think the pitching in the Brewers just puts them over the top. Yeah, that's fair. NL West, Dodgers are one. Even though Tatis is going to be out for a while, the pitching of the Padres is going to keep them in, and that's why they have them at number two for me. The Giants at three, Rockies at four, Diamondbacks at five. The Giants lost a lot. Buster Posey, they still have a lot of talent on that team. But, like, Buster Posey is the heart and soul of that team. Chris Bryant was phenomenal. I just don't I – yeah, I think I think the rankings are perfect. Yes, sir. Those I love are, it. Those rankings are perfect. Just That's what's up. Good stuff, man. Oh, the NFL question I want to ask you. I have I have a question. Declan and I usually talk real quick about the pod, you know, stuff we're going to talk about beforehand so we, we don't surprise everybody. I want to surprise Declan right now. Right. First, gut reaction. It's nothing crazy, but we talked about the Sean Watson, right, in Cleveland. Sure. They still have Baker Mayfield on that team. No. I'm not asking about Philly. Where do you think he goes? What happens with Baker? Just immediate immediate reaction. Tell me, where is he going? Uh, San Francisco just makes the most sense. So then do they just – what do they do? They swap. Actually, no. Jimmy G. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. I, Seattle's Seattle a team I'm, I'm looking at too. Know what a team that would really, really intrigue me? Carolina. Really. The Carolina Panthers. A, I would love to hear the sports talk radio with the guys going crazy with Baker. They have a decent team? roster. You want to hear another team? You ready? Giants. You know, I would love to stop it. I, I, I. I I don't believe in Daniel Jones, so not wanting to go to the draft. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to go against Daniel Jones, in my opinion, until you give him a, any kind of resemblance of an offensive line. Now, this is true, but you know he's start, they're starting to be given a team, and like now it's time to like, all right, well, this this is his year. Like this is the year. Like this is his last year. Like this is his last chance. Of course, this is it. If if he doesn't show up, then then you're done. Yeah. No, I completely feel you on that, man. I think um, I think Baker to Carolina or Seattle would make a lot of sense. I think Seattle rides out with Drew Locke. I do think they still very well could trade one of those two wideouts. I'd be very surprised if both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are on the team at the start of the season. I think at least one of those two will be moved. But, you know, Seattle's going to be bad. Uh, yeah, that's why I have them at number four. They very well could be a top five pick next season. And, listen, you look at their drafting, it's not good. No, they've not. That's why that they have all these older players, and now it's like it's time. Like it's that's why Russ is like, dude, we have no talent. Like I need to leave. They have that, that they have good running backs. They have two good wideouts. 
Jamal Adams doesn't play great cover. Like, yeah, he's good in the box as a safety, but like you're a safety, you're supposed to be able to play coverage pretty well. He doesn't do that great. Yeah, that's it's an old team. I don't like them very much. Yeah, I think they're going to be bad for a little bit. Yeah, it's, I think it, people don't realize like the Seattle Seahawks before Russ, like Matt Hasselback had a couple good years with them for sure, but as a whole, the Seahawks really haven't been great as a franchise. No, they haven't. Like this is by far the best they've been for a long time. It's because of Russell Wilson. So mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's wild in the NFL. I can't wait. The draft's coming up in a couple of weeks. That'll be a lot to talk about for us, obviously. Like I said, guys, next week we are very, very hopeful to have a very, very special surprise for you guys. It will be posted about MVP Joel Embiid. We'll be on. Oh my God! Stop it! I, I don't think I could interview him. I I know that I could. Side note: I feel like I could interview a lot of people, and like even if I was a huge fan, I could quietly like contain myself. Oh my God. And be- before and after, I'd be like, "Oh my God, this is so cool!" But like Joel Embiid, I don't think I could. Uh, I don't know. I think I could when push comes to shove, but it would take so much laser focus to like interview him well. Sure. Yeah, that'd be wild. I now, uh, obviously, Joel's not going to be on our podcast. But Bryce Harper. We, don't, don't say Bryce Harper. Oh, my heart. <laughs> Joel for MVP. Carter Hart. Carter Hart. Oh, I'd love that. Hey, man. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get some, uh, some, some good Philadelphia Flyers action at some point for our podcast. Who knows? Well, uh, I hope so. We, we got we to start talking about the NFL. We're not showing them I, respect. With all due you, respect, I, I know I'm, I'm – The mind. NHL, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 the NHL, NHL. I say we talk a lot about the NFL, the shorts. Well, yeah, well, you know what? Real quick before we go, we'll go over some standings real quick. Also, the Flyers are up on the Rangers right now, 3-1. to one. That's pretty exciting. Uh, about halfway through the third period. So looking at the standings, the East is pretty much all set. You have the four te- the eight teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, nobody else is really close other than these eight teams. The Islanders are kind of catching up to the Capitals a little bit. So that's the one team that maybe can make a run, but I don't see it. Uh, it's going to be the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins. It'll be the Carolina Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Pittsburgh Stinky Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. In the West, Colorado's running away with everything. They're just dominant. They're so freaking good. Minnesota, St. Louis, Calgary, LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers, the Nashville Predators, and as of right now, the Dallas Stars have actually jumped the Vegas Golden Knights. They are imploding since the Eichel trade. They've won four in a row, but they have not been a great team. We'll, we'll definitely talk a lot more NHL as we get into the playoffs. We'll make some predictions. It's not something we talk about a lot generally, but I do love my hockey. I know Declan enjoys watching it. It's just not something that we maybe know as much about or quite as knowledgeable about as, you know, the NFL, NBA, all that good stuff. Yes, of course. So. At, at, at NHL playoffs is a completely different game. So, well, uh, it's, it's, it's the best playoffs. It's the best. Yes, probably. Yes. So yes, we'll definitely be talking about that. Absolutely electric. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So. Absolutely, guys. Again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I think that's how probably going to wrap up our podcast for the evening. And this week's podcast was presented by Jacobs and the Shorts. We don't have any sponsors. So we're just going to have fun with that. The North-South Podcast. Again, just want to throw my boy Archie, Walt Archer, out. Fire rapper from the you know Levittown, Philly area. Does our intro. We're going to get him on the podcast pretty soon. Probably 
you know, within the next month, hopefully we'll get him on the podcast with us and uh, stay tuned for big news for the podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page now. Go ahead and like us, North South Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. We don't use TikTok too much, but we're there. We'll post something eventually, I'm sure. And with that being said, Deshort, anything you want to say to our guests before we head out? Uh, once again, I apologize for not being on last week. But... Hey, man, you, you were in Florida. You were having your fun. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I don't have a whole lot to say, except, you know, I'm going to keep saying it every week. I'm excited for the future of what has been going on in this podcast. And, you know, I, I, I want to thank all you guys for watching and really making all this happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, guys. For the shorts, it's Jacobs. Peace out. The shorts say it for me. Deuces.